Welcome to the podcast of Harvest Baptist Church in Harvest, Alabama. We invite you into our sanctuary as we dive into God's Word with our pastor, Dr. Al Perringer. I want you to turn to Jeremiah chapter 1. We're going to be in the prophet Jeremiah this morning. And, uh, you know, just, I'm glad to be a father. I am so proud of my kids and just love them tremendously, you know. And we're, we're at the ages now, you know, early 20s and late teens, where, you know, we got to do a lot of talking and praying about, you know, your path in life. Where is your life headed? You know, I, I, I'm at the age now in the real is where it's like coming to me that, you know what, my kids are growing up and you know what, they might actually leave the house one day, and I don't know how I'm handling that, you know. But God has a plan for them. And it, you know, it's hard to know when you're that age what your path is. I mean, I'm old, but I somewhat remember, you know, trying to find purpose and trying to find path in life. And, you know, sometimes your path, it takes twists and turns, but you have a path in life. I I remember, like when I first went to college, I started out in computer science, majoring in computer science, thinking I would do that because I liked technology and I liked playing video games and whatever. So, um, who knew back then you didn't know you could be a professional video game player, but now you can. Oh, well. But... That wasn't to be. So, so, you know, I took my first semester and I had to take chemistry. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I don't like that too much. Uh, and, and then knowing, you know, I'd have to take physics too. So I'm like, all right, well, no, we're, we're not doing that. So what am I going to major in? Well, I wanted to major in something that I fa- thought was, you know, practical to get a job. So I switched over to criminal justice. And then in my mind, I was thinking, you know, a couple years down the road, I could go to law school, I could become a prosecutor, put, put bad people in jail, in prison, or, or whatever. And I, did, I worked in the criminal justice field for a while. But then, well, we don't have enough time this morning. So to make a long story short, here, I'm a pastor. So, you know, there's lots of twists and turns to uh, the path um, that you take. And as the saying goes, you know, uh, what, a, what a long, strange trip it's been. But, you know, I, I, look, I look back now, and, you know, they say hindsight is twenty twenty. So in hindsight, you can see God doing stuff, and you can see what God w- was doing. But at the time you're going through it, you're completely clueless. But God had, had a path, and God got me to where he wanted me, and so, you know, I know that God's going to get me to whatever else, you know, is, He has for my life according to the calling that He has for my life. And that's the thing. God has a calling. Now, it's not just, you know, vocation. You know, when you think of calling, you think of job. But it's not just, just job. What I'm saying is God has a calling on your life and on my life for ministry, for kingdom work. Now, not everyone can be a vocational minister. So it's not doesn't really, again, have to do with, with, with job. But God has a purpose for you. God has a ministry, a calling for you for His kingdom work so that the gospel 
will go forward in this world. And, I mean, every time you look at the news on the internet, I hope you think, oh, this world needs the gospel. Whew! This world needs the gospel of, of Jesus Christ. Well, you're part of it. He has a calling on your life that will help with that. And it doesn't matter what age you are. I mean, you could be 100 years old. You could be 10 years old. God has a calling on your life for his glory and honor. So, like, now, we know, like, in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, you know, it tells us that salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, and Jesus Christ alone. But then it goes on in, in verse 10, where Paul tells us that we were created for good works that God had prepared beforehand for us to do. I mean, God already had a ministry, a good work for us to do. In fact, you know, verse 10 in, in Ephesians 2, it, it says that we are God's masterpiece. We are his work of art that he has sculpted for something. He, he sculpted you for something. You are not just a bunch of atoms taking up space in the world. You are a divine masterpiece that has been formed and has been shaped for a calling that is specifically created for you by God himself. That same God who created the entire universe and all the galaxies in it and everything that's in it created you for a calling that will help get his gospel out into the world. And so I hope you're encouraged by that today. So we're going to look at, in Jeremiah chapter 1. And, and we see that God called and prepared Jeremiah for a specific kingdom ministry and purpose. And what I hope that you get out of the passage today is that God in his sovereignty calls you and calls me, he calls each one of us to a kingdom purpose and he prepares us for the work so that whatever our, we have been created for helps get the gospel message out in the world, that advances in the world and so hope you're encouraged by that and I hope you're encouraged to if you are unsure of the calling that you seek it out that you seek it out because that's part of the journey because you just don't know and God just doesn't unfortunately what I found is God does not send you an email with specific information about what he exactly wants you to do I've asked him many times, Lord, just send an email. But I haven't gotten an email from God at heaven.com yet that tells me what exactly it is. So that's part of the journey. And I hope that you want to be part of that journey. And we're going to talk about that journey a little bit today. I want to read verses 1 through 10 in Jeremiah chapter 1. If you'll stand in reverence to the reading of God's holy word as I read these verses. The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, one of the priests who were in Anathoth, in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the thirteenth year of his reign. It came also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, and until the end of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the captivity of Jerusalem in the fifth month. Now the word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. 
And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am only a youth. For to all to whom I send you, you shall go. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I, I, have, set this day, I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. Let's pray. Our God in heaven, I pray that we don't ever lose the wonder of you creating us specifically for a purpose. And I pray we seek that out so we can glorify you with our lives. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. So today I want to speak to you about a few biblical facts about God's calling on your life for his kingdom work. And the first thing I want you to notice is that God placed you in a specific time and place. I probably could have changed that to God put you, but you know, God, God has you in a specific time and place, and he has you there for a reason. So you look at Jeremiah, and you look at the first three verses of Jeremiah, and at first you think that it's just a whole bunch of historical setting kind of stuff. You know, and it is, in, in a sense, it's setting you up for what in the world is going on in this book of Jeremiah, because there's a lot going on in the book of Jeremiah. But we find out that Jeremiah was a priest who was, who, he was ministering in the last days of Judah before and actually on into uh, the uh, captivity in, in Babylon. And, and you notice he talks about, well, uh, he, that he started his ministry during the time of Josiah the king. Josiah was a very good king. He brought a lot of reform to Judah. The, you know, he, he loved the Lord his God with all his heart, mind, soul, and strength. And he wanted to bring the people of, of Judah to do the same thing. The problem was, yeah, the, the people of Judah did kind of the external things of saying, oh yeah, we're following God. But then, you know, internally, they were still wicked and idolatrous. So yeah, they would go and make the sacrifices at the temple. But then they would go home and then they would start serving their idols. They'd start paying homage to their idols. But Josiah tried. He was a good king, but then Josiah died. And after he died, he had sons and grandson that ruled after him, and every single one of them were wicked. And they led Judah into idolatry, in, into idolatry in so many different ways. I mean, kind of like, you know, it, it talks about previous kings who would do the same thing. So, that, you know, that, that's the political and religious environment that Jeremiah was thrust into. And, and the reason that I'm pointing this out is because God chose that exact time and place for Jeremiah to be born and to fulfill his calling. It's not an accident. God sovereignly chose the late 7th century B.C., early 6th century B.C., when there's all this kind of political and religious mayhem going on, he chose that time to raise Jeremiah up to fulfill his calling. 
That's the way God works. God is eternal. He knows the beginning from the end. He knows what is needed, and he knows who is needed at a certain time in history. And he brings about certain people. He brings them into life, and he brings them into a calling for a specific purpose to fulfill his kingdom work in those places, in those times. God sovereignly chose for Jeremiah to be born and to fulfill his calling at that time. Josiah through Zedekiah and beyond. God did not create Jeremiah 100 years earlier. God did not create Jeremiah and call him 100 years later after that time period. God created and called Jeremiah at that particular time for that particular purpose. It was not by accident. It was not a coincidence that Jeremiah was called to be a prophet at that time. It's not like God was so helpless and all this mayhem was going on and, and, he's like, and God is like, well, now what am I going to do? Who am I, I going to send? And he's just kind of looking around, seeing that whoever he could grab and see what he can do with them. No. God knew within eternity what would be going on at that time, and he knew who he was going to send to fulfill that calling. God has sovereign control over those things. You know, you think about Jesus himself. You think about the time that Jesus came. It was not by accident that Jesus came and died and rose when he did. God had been moving all of history to that point. God was behind the scenes preparing things religiously, politically, and culturally, and whatnot. So that at the right time, Jesus would be born, would live, would die, and would be raised. Paul says in Romans 5, 6 that Jesus came at the right time to die for the ungodly. He came at the right time. God, you know, God didn't look at what was going on, on in the earth, and he's like, eh, you know what, now's as good a time as any. I think maybe I'll send my Savior now. No, it was the right time because it was the time and place that God sovereignly had prepared. But now there's a reason why I am saying all of this because I want you to consider this for yourself. I want you to think about this. For some of you, this might be the most obvious thing on the face of the earth. Pastor, why are you even saying this? For others, hopefully, maybe it will blow your mind or it will raise up something in your mind that maybe you have been wondering about. But I want you to listen to me. God chose this time in history and this place in the world for you to live and serve him. God chose this time in history and this place in the world for you to live and serve him. You are not here by accident. You know, I think of Esther, and it says about Esther that she was placed where she was for such a time as this. You were placed here and now for such a time as this. There is a reason why you were not born in the year 1776. 
At least I don't think anyone here was. don't think anyone here is quite that old. I'm close, but you weren't born in the year 1776. There's a reason why you were not born in the year 2332. God created you and called you right here and right now for such a time as this. There is something that you are called to contribute to the kingdom of God in 21st century for right now in Alabama. You know, he might call you elsewhere later. But right now, you are in 21st century Alabama for a reason. Not by accident, not by coincidence. This is your God-given time in history for some sort of calling, for some sort of ministry that will advance the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so don't ever think, don't ever look to God and, and say, you know, God must have made a mistake. I should have been born earlier. I should have been born later. No, God sovereignly chose the here and now for you. This place and this time, he has something for you. There's a reason why you're here right now. But then uh, the second point I want to make about this calling is that, I mean, not only did he place you here in this time, in this place, but God formed you with a specific task in mind. God formed you with a specific task in mind. Now, you read verse 5, to me, it's kind of amazing because of the intimacy that it demonstrates that God has with, uh, with his people. Because, I mean, look at the wording that's used in verse 5. At first, it says that, that God forms each and every one of us. He forms us. He shapes us. He, he molds us. I mean, yes, we know the biological and scientific aspects of how babies are born. And yet, you know what? God is the one that created those biological and scientific aspects. But even besides that, behind the scenes of those biological and scientific aspects, God is forming people. God formed you as you are. Now, yes, because of the effects of sin, we deal with sin. Yes, because of the effects of sin and curse in the world, there are people who are born with various sicknesses and deformities of different sorts. I mean, if, for me, if I didn't have glasses or contact lenses, I would be blind as a bat. But you know, that, those sicknesses, deformities, and sins, and whatnot, that doesn't take away from the goodness of God. Honestly, it's some of those deformities that make us unique, and on top of that, because of who we are and how sinful we are and how weak we are, God gets the glory because he is using us for that special calling. And, and so it, it's telling us that God, even before we're born, seeks relationship and seeks intimacy with us such that he is the one that formed us. But, you know, verse 5, it doesn't only tell us that he formed us. It tells us that he knows us. So this one's going to be hard to get our minds around. I'm, I, I can't get my mind around this. But he tells Jeremiah that before Jeremiah was even formed in the womb, God knew him. 
God knew him. And, and that word for know doesn't just mean head knowledge. You know, it's not just head knowledge like, okay, God knew that Jeremiah would have brown hair or Jeremiah would be six foot tall or, or things you know, like that. It's, it's a word of intimacy. It's a term of experiential knowledge. God knew Jeremiah before he was born. And that's part of the mystery of eternity because, you know, I just, just can't get it. I mean, you don't even know yourself before you're born. I mean, but God knew. That's a part of the mystery of his existence. He relationally, intimately, experientially knew you before you were born. He, he not only knows things about you, he knows you. He, he knows Yes, what you would be like. He knows the struggles you would have. He knows the sins that you would do. He knows the, the attitudes that you would have. He knows the personalities that you would hold. And you might say that either because of that knowledge or maybe in spite of that knowledge, he calls you to a kingdom work. He has a specific kingdom work calling in mind for you. He knows you. And that leads us to kind of the next part of, of verse 5, where, where God tells Jeremiah that, that before he was born, he consecrated him. That's the ESV version. Some versions will put it literally, and it is it, it set apart. Jeremiah was set apart. Now, yeah, it, it means that, that he was set apart from the world as in being holy. I mean, you are not to be living in the world. You're supposed to be holy. But the word in its fullness means that you are set apart for service to the Lord. Everyone, every one of God's people are set apart for service to the Lord. No, I might not, we're not only talking about vocational, although there might be some people called for, to vocational ministry, but not everybody. But you are called to something. You are called you are set apart for something and then this is kind of further fleshed out when it says that jeremiah was appointed for a prophet and to be a prophet and those are two complementary terms because you know being set apart is kind of general all people are all of god's people are set apart for ministry of some sort to a service to the lord of some sort but then you are specifically appointed to your calling Jeremiah, he was set apart to the Lord for service. He was specifically appointed to be a prophet. So everything that's said about Jeremiah here can be said about the Christian as well. I mean, God formed us in the womb. He knew us. And he formed us, you know, with a specific ministry in mind, a specific purpose in, in mind. I mean, you are created for something specific, and God loved you, and he set his favor upon you, and he calls you to service, and he has an appointment for you. He has some sort of specific appointment for you. Now, some may struggle with that idea. When you, when you look at, every time when you look in Scripture, you, you, you see people like Jeremiah or the apostles, and you're like, well, yeah, you know what? That's Jeremiah. Jeremiah's special. Peter is special. John is special. Paul is special. That's them. I am not a Jeremiah. I am not a Peter. I am not a John. 
You're right, you're not. Nobody is. Only Peter could be Peter. Only Jeremiah could be Jeremiah. But do you know the reason that Jeremiah was Jeremiah? It wasn't because he was special. Jeremiah was Jeremiah because God made him Jeremiah. God had set him apart, had set him apart, and had this appointment, this calling on his life. That's what made Jeremiah, Jeremiah. That might get a little confusing, but, you know, Jeremiah wouldn't have been Jeremiah if it wasn't God who had made him that way. We wouldn't have known about Jeremiah if God didn't make him that way. You were not created to be a Jeremiah. You were not created to be a Paul. You were not created to be a Peter. You were created to be you. Stop trying to be somebody else. What? And that's hard. You know, uh, us preachers, you know, we look at other preachers and then we start getting jealous or, of somebody's gifting or whatever. And, and you know, and then you, you see preachers trying to emulate their quote-unquote heroes or however you want to put it. And so all of a sudden you see someone trying to be a, a John MacArthur or Votibachum or something like that. Stop! You weren't created to be them. You were created to be you. God formed you and he knows you and he set apart you and he appoints you to whatever it is he calls you to. You are unique. Everyone. But everyone has a calling. We are all part of the chosen priesthood. Meaning we're all called to this service. It's just that we each have our unique calling. Now, your, your calling could change over time. You know, I mean, Jeremiah, he was, he was a prophet all his life. Well, trust me, I mean, he, the, it, Judah needed him. At that time, Judah didn't think that they needed him, but they needed him. But sometimes God has you for this particular purpose for a season, but then he moves you somewhere else and, and do something else for a season. He grows you and he, he pushes you somewhere. And in, in, in my thinking, you know, we talk about spiritual gifts and how God, through the Holy Spirit, gifts you for something. I think that for the specific calling that God will give you different gifts along the way to, for you to fulfill your, your calling, whatever it, it might be. So this is all God's doing. Jeremiah was Jeremiah doing his Jeremiah thing at that time because God is the one who formed him and made him and called him and all that. You are in a specific time at a specific place with a specific calling according to what God has done. Now, finding out what all that means, that's part of the journey. It's part of the journey. And so walk with him in that journey. Now, some of you, like Jeremiah, might have some objections to this whole concept. Some of you might be thinking, no, I don't, I don't have a calling. You do, but you know, you might have objections like Jeremiah. So the, just a third aspect about this calling that I want to talk about today is that God equips and protects you to fulfill his calling. God is the one who equips and protects you to fulfill his calling. 
So, you know, beginning in verse 6, Jeremiah starts coming up with these excuses why he can't do what God calls him to do. You know, he says that he doesn't know how to speak, that he's too young. You know, when he says he doesn't know how to speak, it's not like he physically can't speak. He is just thinking, well, I can't speak good enough to be a prophet. I mean, you think about it, speaking is a pretty important part of being a prophet, right? I mean, that's what you're doing. You are speaking the Word of God. I mean, if you think you can't speak, well, I can't be a prophet, I can't speak. Well, you know, that sounds kind of like another biblical guy, don't it? Remember Moses? God's, call, God's calling him from the bush. I want you to go to Pharaoh, and I want you to tell him this and that. And Moses is like, I can't, no, I, I can't speak. I don't, I don't know how to speak, Well. That's a th- that must be a thing with people in the Bible. They just say they don't know how to speak. But he's saying, I, I just am not, I-, I can't. I don't have the ability to do that. And then, you know, he says, I'm too young. I-, I don't know, I'm too young. I don't know what I'm doing. I mean, I go to these people. They're going to say, what? I mean, who are you, you whippersnapper, to tell us what, what to do? You know, he's making up all these uh, objections. You can summarize it, though, by saying he does not feel equipped he's saying that he doesn't have the talent he doesn't have the know-how to get the job done and on top of that part of it is fear because he knows what these people do to prophets he knows the history of israel he knows what they do to prophets they're usually shunned they're mocked they're killed and he's like yeah i don't want a part of that either that doesn't sound like a fun lifestyle to me. I don't want, I don't want to be a part of it. I'm ill-equipped. I'm ill-prepared. I'm too young. And frankly, I don't want to die. But, you know, when you look at this, what is Jeremiah doing? Jeremiah is focused on himself. About how inadequate he thinks that he is. Lord, you, you must have gotten something wrong. You know, when you think about it, that's exactly what they're saying. God, you got something wrong. Do you ever think it's a good idea to tell God he's done something wrong? Probably not. But God, you got the wrong guy. I, I, I'm ill-equipped for this. But he's looking at himself instead of looking at the God who can equip him to do it. And that's often our problems, right? We look at ourselves, we look at our sin, we look at our shortcomings, we look at our idiosyncrasies, we look at our neuroses and whatever problems we think we have. And so we look at ourselves and we think, there is no way in the world that God can use me for this calling that he has on my life. But your eyes are focused on the wrong thing. Because guess what? You know, ask yourself these questions. Are you good enough to do whatever God's calling is in your life? No, you're not. Are you smart enough or strong enough to do or talented enough to do God's calling in your life? No, you're not. But here's the thing. Our fulfillment of kingdom ministry is not reliant on us. It's it's relying on God. You know, there's that old cliche, if God calls you to it, he'll see you through it. If God calls you to something, he's the one that's going to equip you. All you got to do is be willing to go. And then God will use you. God will be the one using you. God will be, you're the tool in God's hand. 
I mean, the tool doesn't do the job itself. I mean, you don't look at a hammer and say, hammer, hammer that nail in. Come on, hammer. The hammer's just laying there, you know, looking at you like, are you that dumb? The tool cannot do the job itself until the tool master grabs hold of it and does the work. God is going to be the one that grabs hold of you and does the work. And so God tells Jeremiah, don't give these excuses. You're going to go where I tell you to go. You're going to say what I tell you to say. I am going to be the one to put the words in your mouth. Jeremiah, I'm the one that's going to equip you. Jeremiah, you don't got to wander around trying to figure out how in the world to do this prophet thing. Well, where am I going to go? What am I going to say? How do, you, how do you do this prophet thing? No. God says, I'm going to lead you. I'm going to send you. I'm going to put the words in your mouth. I am going to be the one working through you. You're the tool. I'm the one working through you. And then to ease his fears, God tells Jeremiah that you, know, you, you don't have to be afraid of the people. You don't have to be afraid of the people. I'm going to be there. I'm the one sending you. I'm the one using you. I'm going to be there. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to deliver you. Which Jeremiah needed to hear. He was going into a very hostile situation, and he was going to say some words that were not going to be received very well. Jeremiah was going to be sent to say some harsh things. I mean, you look at verse 10, what God says like Jeremiah was going to be used to do. I mean, you get to rebuke, to correct, to destroy, to pluck up and overthrow. I mean, all those things. But he was also going to be used to plant and to build. He had to tear things down before he could start building things back up again. So that was no easy task. But God's saying to Jeremiah, and he says to us, I will equip you and I will protect you. Everything is dependent upon God. It doesn't have to do with Jeremiah. Jeremiah is the chosen vessel. God is the one doing the work. We are the chosen vessel, but guess what? God's the one that does the work. Now, does that mean that everything will go smoothly? You know what, if I just, if I just you know, let God do his thing through me, everything is going to go smooth and my life is going to be comfortable. Well, no. There's this false sense of that out, out there in the Christian world. Well, you know what, if I just, allow God to fulfill his God thing through me, life is going to be easy, but, well, no. But I'll tell you what, things will be a whole lot worse if you're out of God's will. If you're in God's will and you meet the ire of the world and the people that you're trying to minister to or through, but you're in God's will, guess what? God is there. He is protecting you. He is upholding you. He is encouraging you but if you're outside of god's will i mean not only do you got to deal with the junk from the world you got to deal with god's discipline too because god's trying to get you back in place so it's a whole lot better to be within god's will and let him strengthen you to deal with what comes your way so jeremiah yeah he went out he fulfilled his calling he had to go into hiding he was put in prison. He was thrown in cisterns. He had people trying to kill him. I mean, he had, his, he had his writer write scroll upon scroll of the words of God, and then all of it was thrown in the fire. Talk about discouraging. 
But he fulfilled his calling in spite of all that. And he was able to do it because God is the one that equipped and protected. He didn't go out there trying to do things in his own power. God is the one who gave him the words. God is the one that sent him. And he was able to do a great kingdom work. And so, yeah, you know what? You could come up with all sorts of excuses and objections why you cannot fulfill God's calling on your life. Well, guess what? Stop looking at yourself and look at the one who formed you, who knows you, who set you apart, and who appointed you to that calling. He's going to be able to equip you to get the job done. He's the one that's going to protect you through those rough patches. So you know that there's a whole lot of questions, especially when you're young, that you ask about your life. Where should I go to school? What should I study? What job should I seek? Who should I marry? Where should I live? There's a whole lot of questions about life. But I want you to add this question within all those other questions. What is God's calling on my life that's going to have an eternal impact on this world? Ask that question. Now, some of you might think, well, I'm old. It's a li I'm a little too late to get in on God's calling. No, you're not. As long as you have breath, it is never too late to get in God's calling, to follow God's calling on your life. Some of you, maybe in the past, you, you have fulfilled God's calling on your life, but then there's been a lot of discouragement along the way. People aren't responding to your ministry, like you to your work, to your calling, like you thought that they should or, or, or would. Well, again, look at Jeremiah. He went out there proclaiming the word of the Lord, warning the people, calling them to repentance. And you know who responded to Jeremiah? Not many at all. He was sent to warn the people about the judgment to come in Jeremiah's mind in the hopes of repentance on the part of the people and very few people repented i mean he, he's called the weeping prophet for for a reason he ran into persecution and strife and trouble and roadblock after roadblock the whole way long everyone thought he was kind of loony things like that they tried to shut him up they tried to kill him and yeah you know what if you look at the numbers jeremiah was a failure but guess what he actually was a success because he fulfilled God's calling in his life. God doesn't call us to the results. God is the one that's in charge of the results. You're the one that you just willingly go and be used as him as a tool within whatever calling he has in your life. God is the one who will fulfill it. We just go and do what he wants us to go and do. So Christian, maybe you need to start this journey. You haven't even, you haven't really even cared about what God's calling is on your life. Look, I just want to I want to work, I want to make money, I want to have a comfortable life, I want to retire at an early age so I can go have fun and, and do all this stuff. And maybe God's calling in your life hasn't even been on your radar. It needs to be. You are part of an eternal work. And so maybe you need to come to the altar today and pray, Lord, Lord, get me on this path of fulfilling your calling. Maybe you're discouraged. Come to the altar and find encouragement in the Lord. Maybe you need clarity. Fine. Come to the altar. Seek clarity of what God has in your life. But maybe there's some here who, who, 
You don't know God's calling on your life because you don't know God. You haven't come to God through Jesus Christ. Everyone is a sinner, separated from God, and God so loved the world that he sent his son who died on the cross to pay the penalty of our sins and rose again so we could have eternal life. And all who believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. But guess what? All who believe in him also have a calling on their life. And so maybe you need to take that first step in believing in Jesus. During the invitation, I'll be up front. I would love to introduce you to my Savior, Jesus Christ. My calling for now is that of a pastor, a preacher of the Word. God has a calling on your life as well. Will you follow it? Will you be obedient in following His calling? Thanks for listening to the podcast of Harvest Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at harvest-baptist.org or find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can also find info on our children's ministry on Facebook at Harvest Baptist Children's Ministry or on Instagram at KidsQuest underscore HBC. Our student ministry is on Facebook at HBC Vertical Student Ministry and on Instagram at VSM underscore HBC. We welcome you to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. We are located at 8999 Waltrana Highway in Harvest, Alabama. Thanks for listening and God bless.